I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 67 of A Wild Podcast Has Appeared, the official Pokemon podcast of comicbook.com. I am one of your hosts, Jim Biscardi, and as always, I am joined by Megan Peters and Christian Hoffer. I am physically present. Ta-da! Oh, we did it! It's been a while since we heard that one. It's good to see you being physically present in your body. This is a show all about Pokemon, so congratulations. If you like Pokemon, you found the right show, because so do we. We love Pokemon. We talk about all of the things as it relates to our favorite pocket monsters, whether it is video games or uh, the trading card games or the Pokemon stuff figurines, model kits, all of it. We talk about all of it. And just, today is no different. Just as a side note, I, I would just like to state that I, it drives me nuts whenever I see someone refer to Pokemon as pocket monsters. I know that's like the technically correct term, <laughs> but it always drives me nuts whenever I what? see like someone write an article and they're like, I don't want to use the word Pokemon like 50 times. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to toss in a pocket monsters. I just want to like throw a chair. It drives me nuts. I feel like I'm being personally called out right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not as much you, Megan. I, 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 it is not, it's not our, our sex writing that I take issue with, but it's just like, oh man, like, you know, like your, your credentials aren't, you know, under under attack. But it's like whenever I see like a random site write a random Pokemon article out of like nowhere and they're like, oh yes, the pocket monsters. It's like, oh. oh that's not right. That's not Yeah, right. it's that's like. Fair. There are select ways you use it. It's very much like Steve Buscemi, like how do you do fellow kids? <laughs> yeah. um, there you go. Just as a side note. Anyways, in case you haven't figured it out, the other thing that we do on this podcast is rant. Yeah, and 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 sometimes go on and well not sometimes usually go on tangents but today is today, today's a great show so uh normally the show is broken up into three parts we do a quick uh scan of the headlines give you all the news that you need to know for the week then we take a break and then we do a deep dive and then at the very end is a pokemon fact of the week which is everyone's favorite segment this week our deep dive is not going to necessarily be uh a deep dive that is on a uh you know bigger news topic of the week because we had the chance to interview some Pokemon royalty. You really got to hype this up. Hype it up. (laughs) I mean, I mean, look, Jason Page is the man who created the Pokemon theme song or sorry, who sang the Pokemon theme song for the original American anime. Everybody knows this song. Everybody loves this song. And so it was a special treat to get to talk to Jason about the, uh, kind of behind the scenes stuff that that goes on when you're you know on the precipice of creating such a legendary song and uh and it's kind of the lasting impact that that ha- it's had not necessarily uh not only on his life but on everyone else's so that'll be the, today's deep dive so i hope you stay tuned for that um it's 
definitely a fun one. The dude has a ton of energy, like yeah. so much energy. Yeah, I, so if you want to be the very best listener, like yep. no one ever was, Boom. There you, you go. will listen to this interview. And also <laughs> as an extra treat, I'm pretty sure we can take all the times that he sang during the interview and like cobble it together into a new recording of the theme song like i'm pretty yeah. sure he hits every line Comic it's book. pretty com fantastic it was yeah it was it was pretty fantastic but that's later in the show right now we got to get into the news and we'll start with pokemon go first because we may have gotten some mega evolution details that uh look like they've been leaked yeah well not not leaked per se but data mined so new update is yeah. out for pokemon go and um, we got our first details about Mega Evolution. They've started to implement it into the game's code. Uh, it appears that Mega Evolution will be triggered by Mega Candy. Um, oh. as, as in the uh, normal game, it will be a temporary function, so you won't be able to like Mega Evolve your Charizard and keep it Mega Evolved forever. Um, it's, it'll be a temporary thing. Um, there's still some questions that remain. You get Mega Candies by completing Mega Raids, which can be anywhere from one-star raids to five-star raids. So this won't be like a... Unless you have like a raiding group, that's the only way you're ever going to be able to Mega Evolve Pokemon. And the other nice thing is that um, it appears that Pokemon... Uh, that when you Mega Evolve your Pokemon, you'll get some sort of stat boost. So it's possible that... You know, the details are still a little bit unclear because when you Mega Evolve your Pokemon in the main series games, their stats physically, their, their stats change. So yep. some stats go up, other stats go down. That's going to happen in Pokemon Go, but it also appears that they're going to, um, you know, give a, like, just a straight boost to stats, which may mean that by Mega Evolving certain Pokemon, it's possible that, you know... Um, like a legendary raid or a four-star raid or something like that, you might be able to take it on uh, as like solo. Now we don't know how big that boost is. So that that's going to yeah. play a lot into it, but a lot of intriguing things coming out about Pokemon Go this week. Yeah, that's going to be pretty, pretty cool. I wonder uh, the interesting thing to see is if they will also um, carry like if you can, mega evolve your pokemon and then obviously you know bring it into battles right and then just, like mm -hmm. not necessarily just for raids or whatever but like pvp for battles. yeah for pvp stuff so that'll um yeah and, that, just, that'll just, be... and then just and then just wreck some fools yeah with my, like with uh my toss in your, like oh uh here in the great league i have this useless beedrill oh wait no it's mega beedrill die <laughs> yeah right exactly perfect that would be like the worst surprise though like, it would literally be like Nicolas Cage, not the bees. Not the bees. <laughs> you know, there's um there there's a terrible DC comic called Amazon Attacks, in which um the Amazons oh, yeah. uh attack using killer bees, and like Batman goes, My God, bees. <laughs> it's like this infinitely it's like this infamously terrible line from like mid two thousand comics. That, you know, it. everyone just mocked, and it was great. I love it. Well, there we go. Uh, all right, also on the Pokemon Go front, we got the Community Day vote. Yep, I hope everyone is looking forward to 
uh, Porygon and Charmander. Yes. Uh, the vote is coming this weekend, so you'll be able to vote on Twitter starting uh, Saturday night for those of us who live in the United States, um, and that will run through Sunday. Yep. Um, you have four choices. Um, it's Porygon, Charmander, Grimer, and Caterpie. Um, everyone, everyone knows it's going to be Porygon and Charmander. Porygon is getting a new attack um, when fully mm-hmm. evolved to Porygon Z. Also, it's the only one of those four that doesn't have a shiny form. So, like, everyone's just like, yes, it's going to be Porygon. <laughs> Charmander looks to be the other, like, viable option, mainly because yeah. not only does Charmander, uh, you know, it, Charmander's, like, Charizard is already a good Pokemon to have in Ultra League, uh, mm-hmm. and it would get Dragon Breath, which makes it even better. Plus, top the fact that it has two Mega Evolutions, and everyone's like, "Yeah, this this is a this is a two Pokemon mm-hmm. race." Yeah, everyone's getting there. Everyone wants to get their Charmander candies in. Yep. Yeah, I have like six hundred Charmander candy. Like I have what? so many. Yeah. That's ridiculous, Hoffer. Like I, I have so what many Charmander heck? candies. I, I looked at it because I like maxed out Charizard for shits and giggles. Um, oh. oh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> I just realized it's just like Jealous. doesn't even register as a curse word because it's a phrase. <laughs> uh, all right, and then uh, Pokemon Go adds seven new Pokemon. Yeah, so as part of the Innova Week, uh, seven new Pokemon were uh, added. Uh, it's the Sawada line, um, Amolga, uh, oh, yeah. Buffalant, and uh, I'm blanking on the last two. I mean, I've just oh, uh, Cotney, Cotney, and Whimsicott. Um, the big thing is, is that Buffalant is only available on the like uh, in New England and mm. uh, New York City. Now like, yeah. I'm furious. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Well, it's because Buffalo, New York. Care? I don't care. That was the only Pokemon on that list. I was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm excited. Well, I have like a kinship with Buffalant, and now no. This is, no. and I can't even go travel up there right now. I'm furious. <laughs> but you'll be fine. You get sent out to New York Comic Con. Somebody catch one. New York Comic Con's not happening. Yeah, it's but it will eventually. Okay, oh, but great. I want one now. Who wants to wait a year to get Buffalo a Buffalo? I mean, Hoffer, don't, don't go. Listen, there. listen. I'm just, I'm just saying, Buffalo has no. Actually, here's actually kind of the crazy thing. I was about to say that say that it has no viability in competitive play. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalant has actually got like some like niche uses in like, you know, the metagame. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I frankly, like Buffalant is a perfectly fine Pokemon. Um, you know, I'm just glad that it appears in Buffalo, New York. Um, Cause that's my, was my big worry when everyone's like, oh yeah, it's the New York city region. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And then people are like, I got it up here in Boston. Only they said that in a Boston accent, um, which I'm not even going to, you know, lower myself to do. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's kind of weird. And then people are like, I have it up in Maine. And it's like, okay, that's just a little bit overkill. But then like, you know, Buffalo, New York, which, you know, I feel like kinship with as a fellow Rust Belt residents, they too have a long suffering football team and also, you know, do the hockey thing. So like, I, I feel some kinship with my with my buffalo brethren and so they they get an exclusive pokemon so here's the thing though i'm excited for porygon and for charmander because i don't have a porygon 
And that that is just absolutely ridiculous that you don't. I have only a just started playing. What, what sort of Pokemon Go again. fan are you? That is a lie, Jim. That is a lie. You've been playing Please. since day one. I, I have, but then I took a very long break, and that, and I have. Been okay, back. yeah, we can understand <laughs> that. But I'll just say to get your Porygon, I had to go through extreme lengths to get mine. I had to like walk basically a mile to this Buco de Pepo and get yelled at by the re- like the restaurant <laughs> staff because I was like in their takeout lane trying to get this Porygon. So I'm excited to not have to do that again, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just, I, I, I also just, I just want like to charge the idea. Well, every, yeah, of course you do because you're one of those type of fans. Um, let's see here. I, I, now I just want to see how many Porygon I have. <laughs> oh, there is just oh, yeah, how many Porygon I have. <laughs> no, I have I have four normal Porygon and uh, two Porygon two, and now I have a Porygon. Wow. Let's see, that was just a wild one. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Just to show. All right, off, so. well, let's move. <laughs> let's move on to the trading card game because we're gonna get a 25th anniversary set coming to mcdonald's because that's where i love to go to get pokemon cards well they do this every once in a while I know. this is this I is do. how I they get do. kids i actually do like these so um you know so the 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 way to bury the lead um they the pokemon company is going to have a 25th anniversary celebration uh complete with a new 25th anniversary logo which looks a lot like the 20th anniversary logo <laughs> only uh it's pikachu's kind of like it's pikachu's head but his cheek pouches have a two and a five on it. Um, so we found this out because uh, the Pokemon company accidentally uh, stuck a couple of uh, stuck stuck one of the promo cards that are coming out for McDonald's next year, and um, it got put into one of the new Darkness of Blaze packs. Um, it's Chimchar. From the looks of it, uh, this new twenty-five card set will have all the starters and Pikachu, because you know you can't do a Pokemon promo thing without Pikachu. And I wonder, the, I wonder if, if some will be harder to get than others. Like generally with these promo cards, they're all printed equally. equally. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I would guess that it's uh, all things created equal, but you know, um, who knows? The, the ways of the Pokemon trading card game is vast and mysterious. If only there was somebody who could interview like the game director of the Pokemon. You keep talking game. about this and uh, I'm starting to be convinced that it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's currently, it's currently <laughs> been filed for editing. Um, okay. Like, you know, it, it was, it was given to editors this morning to take a look Perfect. at. So uh, hopefully by the time that you listen to this podcast, uh, we will have an interview with the game director of uh, the Pokemon trading card game up. Uh, we, we actually, you know, a couple of little like, cool interesting tidbits in that interview um such as um just uh they have dedicated play testers who just play the pokemon trading card game all day oh that's pretty cool yeah. wow it's like Talk about having that on your like business card that's the dream right there that's that's the dream yeah well I'm excited to, I'm actually, I haven't seen this yet and I'm a little offended I haven't seen it yet, but it's totally fine because I will read it and uh, I am excited about, about this interview because this one has been in the works for a while and just with the way kind of these things work with translate, uh, you know, translators and all that jazz, it's finally, finally coming to light. And so it's going to be, it will going to be a good one. Christian just sent me the link. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. With that, we warned you last week, Jolteon was coming to the Funko Day with Eevee line and it is here. It may be gone. 
but we warned I, you. I have it currently on the way. It should arrive. You'll probably sometime. get it tomorrow. No, it's on, it's on its way. It's on a truck. I don't oh, it's on a truck. You're going to get it today. Yeah, yeah, the Pokemon company is insane when it they, comes to they shipping They don't mess stuff. around. They like, like ship it immediately. I don't know. They have nothing better to do than send me Jolteon, and I'm fine with it. So I'm sure they I'm have better. Th- I'm sure they have better things to do. They just have a very efficient well, process. Well, it's probably the <laughs> it's probably the Pokemon trading card game playtesters. And then when they get an order, they immediately drop their cards, run over, throw it in a truck, and then go back to playing the card game. Yeah, uh, yeah. So my Jolteon should be here before 8 p.m. today. So that's. I mean, I, I'll, I'll controversial statement. Um, I, I actually, when I wrote up the buy your Jolteon figure when you can article, you know, I got, a, you know, they had a good look at this Jolteon and compared to the other ones, I am not impressed. Yeah, this is definitely the least impressive one. It's just kind of a static figure, a normal pose. It's yeah, not I mean, that it's, interesting, but. It kind of looks like he melted a little bit, like he was left <laughs> out in the car too long. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it'll look um, a little bit better in person. And at the minimum, this in the placement of the diorama that's kind of completed after you get all of these EV friend figures, it's kind of off to the side, so you don't notice <laughs> Jolteon as much. Jolteon, you stand over there. Basically, <laughs> I think that's what they knew. I think they were rushing on Jolteon, and they said, wait, we forgot Jolteon. Let's just stick them on the side. Okay. So they just did that real quick. So As of this recording, it is still available. None of the other ones are available. So hopefully... Uh, from know. from what I've seen, like you usually have about a week before they sell out. So no. I, I think that honestly, we are one of the primary drivers of uh, <laughs> the stuff like demand for this. Like the the way that we talk about. Them. I remember when they did the Pikachu one last year, and every month, like all these websites were like, "Get your new Pikachu wearing a football helmet," and <laughs> you know, like it was nuts. It was like this like small cottage industry of people writing about these Pikachu figures. And now it's like, okay, well, they're doing it again with Eevee and it's just us. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's amazing. okay. Yeah, I'll take the hits. Oh, all right. And then uh, kind of the last thing on our uh, news section is we're getting new Pokemon Journeys episodes. Yes. Yes, the dubbed ones in English on Netflix. So you don't yes. have to rely on my secondhand retelling <laughs> of what's happening. You can now watch them. Uh, yes. So Netflix is going to be putting them out shortly. Uh, we're going to be getting a whole new little slew of episodes. So I am very excited. I, I've really enjoyed the dub. So. The, the dub has been the dub has been really good like um you know i, I really feel i feel like moving to netflix and uh, it, it feels like a little bit more of an event when these episodes come out like you know like uh, god bless so you're disney. saying mo- moving so you're saying moving to netflix has uh, been better for the pokemon anime i mean i never said it wasn't um i feel you know, like you did no i just didn't think it was going to happen because disney valued that you know you know, valued it so much, but you know, then you forget that Netflix has just an unlimited amount of money to throw at it. Um, and well, and my my thing was was you guys were arguing that it was going to be simul dub, and I was like, one, well, Netflix doesn't do that. Um, what they do do Which is, is they, dumb. <laughs> you know, like they they don't do that. The closest they come is they do do stuff like this, where they release like packets it's kind of like what they do with she-ra and stuff like that where they're like oh yeah it's a season it's like it's six episodes yeah it's like that's not a season guys uh this is a story arc Uh, (laughs) um yeah but 
Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, this has kind of revitalized it. And I honestly, you know, like in hindsight, and I, I called it for the last few months with the way that Disney XD was treating the Pokemon uh, stuff, you know, because they were just like, oh, yep, new episode, 7 a.m. They did the same, the cartoon <laughs> did the same thing with uh, Pokemon XY, where it's like, you know, they'd only air each episode once and would be at like, you know, like, you know, 4.45 a.m. on, yeah. you know, Saturday morning. Um, and so, like, only, only like, a small sliver of children. And so, like, you know, I, I really like the Pokemon journeys, like, um, how they've been releasing it. You know, my son and I, we've watched the, the first 12 episodes a couple of times. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a good way of distributing things. I hope that the Pokemon franchise and Netflix have a long, fruitful relationship that lasts longer than Pokemon Journeys. Yes. For sure. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, look, for all the reasons that, that you said, I, I really like ingesting them uh, at, like, this way. And I'll, I'm, I'm more curious to see how long Journeys is going to go. Like, I hope it goes for a long, long time. Well, when they announce uh, the ninth generation Pokemon games, then you will know that yeah. Pokemon Journeys is coming Here to an goes. end. It's coming to an end, right. <laughs> but they haven't announced it yet, so there's still so plenty. you're good. You're good. You're good. Right right well, you know, the, listen, this would be the first time, like, honestly, uh, I really feel like the Pokemon company has barely tapped into, like, wringing out all the value out of the Galar region. Uh, that yeah. they could have. I mean, even the Alola region, which all they did was they came out with a remake of the games they just made. Yeah. They got a lot more out of the Alola region than like one year's worth of material. I mean, they 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 stretched that out for like three years. But and, even you know, just the like, sorry, go ahead. Was, no, no, please go. Let's say like the premise though of Journeys and like it, you know, potentially being like a nostalgia fest, and like they they don't. I feel like they haven't even really tapped into that aspect of it right like you know guest stars and visiting some of the other regions like obviously you know i know it's going to be galar centric you know kind of at first but i feel like there's still a bit of life in the you know being able to do a homecoming tour kind of thing. yeah, oh, yeah. there's well, still I, plenty of room i think that you know if if the pokemon company and you know it's hard to tell exactly what they want to do with this because clearly you know, part of this is, is they're cementing Ash as like, he, yes, he is actually an elite trainer. Um, despite, you know, his like big losing streak, he is a Pokemon champion. <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's legit. Um, you know, that, that's part of it is this is really like a, like a coronation tour of sorts, but yep. if they were smart, you know, the, the premise of Pokemon journeys is, you know, they could easily bring back, I mean, they bring back Karina. We know that's yeah. coming. And, you know, they reference Ash and Karina's history together. Um, and they can do that with a lot of characters. Like, not even, like, I'm not even talking, like, like the main characters, your Brock, Misty's, um, you know, like, the Alola gang is coming back, you know. I'm not even talking, like, primary companions. But, you know, like, some of the characters that were very memorable, uh, mm. you know, in the anime. And there's a lot of them. I mean, you know, like, we, we could see what, like, you know, but uh, I think his name is Tobias. But, yeah. You know, like, you know, the dude who's, like, you know, just ran, runs around with the dark range. Almost said the curse word there, because that, that still annoys me to this day. Um, you know, we, we could see, like, how, you know, how, like, what, what, happen, what the heck happened to that guy? I mean, if we're doing, like, a who's the best trainer in the world sort of thing, like, he's got to be 
in conversation. Yeah. I mean, people still talk about them like years later. Um, you know, and like, you know, there's, there's a lot of room, you know, that I'm really curious to see if Pokemon Journeys is going to take or if they're just kind of, kind of lean back because we've already gotten teases of it because we have Karina, we've got the Alola gang, you know, we have Ash acting as a competent trainer. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm excited. So definitely be sure to watch when Netflix puts its next 12 episodes up. And nice. Then, so here's the real question. Will... Uh-huh. Um, well, no, this is just like more of a technical question. You know, how, how long, how, how many weeks do we go without like a Pokemon Journeys episode over in Japan because of COVID? Well, how many did we go through? Yeah, because or how, like yeah. how big of a gap was there? Like, I, I know there was a shutdown, yeah, but. we, it was the first, it was one of the first animes that returned. So it was at least two months. I want to say okay. it was closer to three. Um, most of the shows were out for about three and a half months. So. so I I wonder if that means that we'll get a three. We won't see any more new episodes until like Pokemon Day next year. Well, Man, I wonder. That would suck. Well, I wonder if they were keeping on this kind of schedule, that instead of getting in the next batch of episodes maybe we get Coco first, like as a, okay, mm. you're not going to get Journey's episodes, but you'll, you can get Coco. And well, then the maybe next... that helps them catch up on that the next batch. Nice. I don't know if that timing works out because Coco comes out Christmas day in Japan and we would be due for the next oh. batch of episodes. Um, oh, I guess it would be if we're doing June, then September. Um, so that would be three, that'd be six, nine. No, it would be early December would be oh, yeah. when we'd get our next mm-hmm. batch. So I'm I'm guessing that you know we don't see any more new episodes until or they put Twilight Wings on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Hopefully, yeah. they do something because I'm gonna need my fix. Of so, <laughs> <just> saying. <laughs> yeah. So that would be cool. All right. Um, real quick before we get to our our interview, I did kind of throw out a, a call for questions for folks who are now following. Uh, Pokemon Pod CB, Pokemon Pod CB, is that it? Did I just yeah. screw it up? Yeah, <laughs> Pokemon Pod, Pod CB, CB. Uh, on Twitter. Uh, thanks for everyone who followed uh, over the last week. We got a, saw a nice, uh, nice lift in in listeners there. So we hope you, you will have enjoying. seen some truly terrible uh, tweets if you follow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed. <laughs> That's all, not true at all. all of, these are all these are Christians' quality memes. content. It's That's quality. Not- this is quality stuff. No, for he sure. is peak dad meme. And I say that in the best way possible. So I, I think I still think like my favorite thing was when I just posted a picture for rock. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just like, it's like I was bored on a Sunday. I was like, eh, it's that was, rock. That was, that was very good. Um, so, so you uh, got back to us uh, with questions. Um, uh, one of them came from uh, Indicia Joe that says, uh, if you can play any game with any starter, uh, what game and what starter would you pick? Let's pretend all of the Mon are supported in every game for this. Mm. Who would like to go first? I would pick um, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild with Bulbasaur. Christian. What? Yeah, you Pokemon. said any game. Any, any Pokemon. Pokemon game. Come on, don't. Oh, well, no, I stand by my thing. That would be a heck of a fun game. You're That's running right. around as Bulbasaur in like a, you know, a post-apocalyptic Hyrule. You know, with your sword and your shield? Yeah. The Coblins would just die. That'd be a freaking awesome game. Uh, Probably XY starting off with Bulbasaur. I know you get it pretty early on, 
but you know that that's that's pretty much a nostalgia fest. So let's like you know do away with the pretense uh, mm-hmm. and you know give me just give me Bulbasaur right out the gate. Megan? Yep, I'm probably gonna have to go with uh, Ruby, and mm-hmm. probably gonna have to go with Squirtle. See, I was going to. I wanted to take Totodile to Sword and Shield. That'd be. Oh, uh, he would. Yeah. He would- you would suit well there. Well, because, well, and especially because, like, like you know, we mentioned it before, Sword and Shield doesn't really have any, like, super killer water Pokemon. I mean, it's got some great water Pokemon, but, I mean, let's be, let's be real honest. Yeah. I mean, it has, it has a actual killer Pokemon that's a fish <laughs> yeah. head implanted onto a dinosaur tail. Yeah. And it, it straight up murders it's, Pokemon. It's, like, yeah. the ultimate water-type Pokemon right there. Right. Yeah. Um, I will say. That's fair. I will say in the same vein as Christian, because that's how he understood the question. My original answer was going to be, I would take Grookey to Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh. Well, then I would take, I would take, I would take Charmander to Duke Nukem. Oh my Jesus. God. <laughs> that's, wow. All right. It's like, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go and take like Evie to Wolfenstein. Like just oh me my. and Evie killing some Nazis. <laughs> All right. Well, now we have that image. Firmly in our minds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so thank you, Joe, for uh, for that question. Uh, I do want to uh, maybe we'll squeeze in this other uh, question real quick because uh, Christian had a pretty funny joke about it before. If you could play, uh, if you could each play a Pokemon in a live action movie, think like cats but good. Who would it be and why? Okay. Now the first thing that we need to know is that cats is a very seminal experience that the world experienced and then instantly broke as a result. <laughs> um, so, you know, like one, cats is not good. Cats is not bad. Cats is cats. And that has actually always been uh, the thing. Like, you know, like as, as someone who saw cats like live on Broadway, cats is just cats. It, there, <laughs> it, it transcends your thoughts of good or badness. Um, so yeah, so let, let's just like put that there. Um, I mean, a part of me um, would kind of want to go and do, I mean, actually, you know, for a long time on Facebook, my Facebook profile picture was me dressed up as Bulbasaur. Uh, so, um, you know, the, the temptation is just to say Bulbasaur again, but I do think it would be funny actually to do a full on um, like cat musical with only cat type Pokemon. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. So I, I would say uh, I, I would go with Suakune, who's a cat. <laughs> um, and because I, I would like love to have that like giant crystal on my head and have to like run around like top heavy for like two hours with it. Wow. It's very wow. phallic. Wow. All right. Megan? See, I'm, I'm struggling here because, again, my first inclination is I would want to say Vaporeon, but I know inherently I could not do Vaporeon justice. So in order to not besmirch the Pokemon, I think I would instead be more fitting. And I don't know what that says about me necessarily, but I feel like I would probably want to be Jinx or Wobbuffet. <laughs> <laughs> now, Megan, if you were Wobbuffet, would you be like you, you would you be like Wobbuffet's actual head so you know the tail head and you know like have a giant blue thing behind you representing its fake body 
Yes, that's exactly what I would want to just literally lay down, just entirely wearing like a black spandex suit or whatever, like I was its actual head. And then there's just like a big dummy in front of me. No one has to notice me. No one will see that I'm there and see my awful acting skills. <laughs> so, so you, so you and Jim could play this together. You be its real head, and Jim would be the dummy. For me, if we were going with uh, Christians, like it has to be uh, a cat. Um, I would probably pick Luxray because Luxray is my oh, favorite, dang. like cat-ish kind of pokemon uh if it was anyone i mean obviously i'd you know i'd want to be uh a geodude but we're not but favorite pokemon aside um you know i could get behind being like oh man initially i was going to say like an arbok but um I just gave like this hilarious mental image of you as an Arbok. Also, you as a Geo dude, where you're wearing those like PNG, those like, like those um, yeah. those transparent PNG pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing. Which, to this day, just I I love I absolutely love that mascot costume. I really like the mental image of my head right now of Jim playing live action Gengar. <laughs> Yes. Are yes. you just like doing the like cartwheel? Oh, that would be him, and, like, him doing like sad Gengar, where he's just like sitting on a stair with yeah, like this yeah, like, yeah, like staircase the, like, with like fake smile. Out of like out of out of context, Pokemon the Twitter account that I love has been like was on a, going on a, a string of like just Gengar posts, and they have been fantastic. That's because yeah, Ash's Gengar is the best. <laughs> yeah, Ash's Gengar is insane. So yeah, I think Jim would be the perfect Gengar. Perfect. I love it. All right, let's jump into, let's take a break, and then we're going to jump into our interview with Jason Page. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right. So we have everyone here to do this interview, which we're very excited about because it's usually just either me or Christian or just me and Megan. Uh, I don't think it's been Megan or Christian yet, but anyway, it doesn't matter. We are joined by Pokemon royalty, basically. Pokemon royalty. He, uh, you will know him best from the original song of the Pokemon cartoon, Jason Page. Jason, welcome. Yes, <laughs> gotta catch them all. Comicbook.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that just made my life. That just like checked off every like box on my bucket list. It's perfect. Uh, so I mean, this I mean, this is awesome. We uh, obviously on our show we sing nothing about you know but the virtues uh, of this franchise, and it's funny because we were talking a little bit before the we got started doing this about how there's been this resurgence of of fandom for for Pokemon. We've noticed it. Obviously, we started a podcast about it. But, uh, but Jason, I got to imagine for you, it's got to be a little bit surreal, right? Where you, you had this, um, you, you did the song, uh, you know, almost 20 years ago at this point. 22. 22. And like people are, people still know the words and are still singing it to this day. What's that like for you? It's, uh, it is, it is very surreal. Uh, my whole life has been directed sort of uh, in a forward motion. Uh, leaning into things in the future and all of the success that I've experienced is behind me. It's all, was all behind me the whole time. In other words, I, you know, I, I'm a session singer, I'm a performer, I'm a writer, I'm an artist, I'm a creator, and I create things in front of me about things that I see in the world. And I imagine my success to be from these things that I am putting forth at, the, at this moment. And, and this manifestation of great success, turns out, is from a seed planted 22 years ago. And all I had to do was turn around. And there are billions of people screaming and cheering back there that I didn't see until Pokemon Go uh, came out. And the resurgence really happened at that point. Media said, please, you know, do this interview. Who are you? Who's the guy trending on, Spot on Spotify? Everybody knows the song, and I finally said, all right, uh, it's me. It's me. This is the face of the voice. Um, initially, it's, it, this, is a, this is a job. This is a, my, my craft and my skill is to serve the product, to serve the project. Whatever it is I'm going in for, I understand the motive of that product. If it's to sell, uh, you know, compressed, co 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 consolidated uh, GMO meat, then I sing Subway Eat Fresh, you know, and, and I know what that product is and I'm selling that product. If it's to sell this, this TV show about this character who wants to be the best like no one ever was, then I'm serving that motive. I'm not serving my own motive in this. So right. the, the, the part of the success I think is based on just the sheer quality of the product of of the ethics behind it of the of the underlying philosophy of it all embedded in the lyrics right there so it's very surreal to say the so, least that was a mouthful but so when you so when you first get the gig though right like what what walk us through what like those like days were like i mean right because like here it is where you know pokemon is a, a growing franchise you know in japan at this point it comes over to the states no one knows what it you know no one really knows what it is um, the games really, the games really, you know, took off, uh, and then it was really, you know, the anime. And so, like, you get this gig, and you're like, "What? What is this?" Or, or is yeah. it just like I'm ready to jump in? Well, at the time, and even still, I, now I'm doing about seventy-five sessions uh, a year, two, one to two to three a week. Sometimes, at sure. the time, I would be doing one or two a day. Oh, wow. uh, and, you know, I had worked with this jingle house, Domino's Pizza Delivers, you know, and different other spots I'd done for them and been in there three or four times in the past few weeks. So uh, 
every song every every session is a different a different sort of motive like i said there this this music house had this tv show you want to sing a demo for it i think we you know you'd, your voice would be great it needs to sound like a young rock kid we go into the studio they play the japanese cartoon it looks like speed racer and uh you know go over the song and there's some lyrics that are different they don't even have it really set yet it was gotta get them all you can't catch them all you gotta get them all it was like a couple of different taglines that were thrown around um and and basically every jingle that i record is a demo before it goes final so you know it's always up to the client to make changes and then the client actually the the jingle house shows it to the ad agency who shows it to the client. So wow. I think at the time he's got four kids producing the New York, the, the United States uh, version, the English version of it. They hire uh, an ad agency or they go straight to the music house and then the music house goes back and forth between them to, you know, determine what is best for the product. And then they, they may test it. They may not test it. I, I'm not sure how much testing this one went through. Uh, but once it went on, that was the true test. To catch them is a real test. And it definitely caught them. So uh, they, uh, they, they ran with it. And very soon after, they wanted to do the Pokemon to be a master record, which uh, contained the full version of the song and the mm-hmm. other song, Viridian City, that I sang. Right. That so so that's, what I, that's what I was going to ask about. So like the initial song, obviously, was just the you know, the, the first half of it. And so did, so was it up to you to, to create basically the second half of it or what was that? Uh, what was uh, that it was the jingle like? house. It was the jingle okay. house. And you know, sure. at that point they knew what the, 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 the vibe of the song was. They knew what they wanted to say in the second verse. So it was just add a second verse and a, a bridge and a solo and a last chorus. And then, you know, a little playing with the melody at the end, a little riffing here and there you know, went into the to changing it up a little bit. But uh, but basically, they, they knew what they wanted at that point. And there were m- music producers all around the city producing music for it. Another producer uh, that I had also worked for did the Viridian City song. So mm. I was pulled in on that as well. That's a song I have yet to actually represent uh, in a public way. Um, I, I think I might have played it once at a Comic-Con on, on my looper. But I've mm. never, like, done the the thing I did with the Pokemon theme song where I do a little music video showing that I'm the guy that sings that song as well. Obviously it's not as popular, but there are people that really love that song and request it all the time. Uh, I've been asking a lot of questions. So Megan, Christian, please oh. feel free to jump in. Oh, because I have a ton. I have a ton. Yeah, come on, uh, jump, like, jump in. Yes. So basically I just wanted to know like, when was the moment, if there was a specific like moment in your in your mind that you remember realizing that this theme song was iconic, that it was a phenomenon, that it's a song that literally, I I do not know anyone in my life who doesn't know this song. Like, when did you realize <laughs> that this was kind of a iconic, phenomenal track? Well, uh, I, I think it goes in stages. Like, obviously, mm. when it's running on the TV three times a day and everybody knows it, then there's something iconic about that. But, but you know, the quilted quick picker upper and be all that you can be. Or when you get nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. 
I'm hearing that fly out of the TV and everybody knows those things. So just hearing it from the TV show is not, it, it, it is not an unfamiliar situation to me. Mm -hmm. um, but when it was on Radio Disney playing the full version, the full track, every time you would flip on the radio, Radio Disney would have it on. It was one of the highest rotated songs on their mm -hmm. platform for the longest period of time. Then I was like, wow, this thing is really, this thing is really iconic. However, there's just the phases that it's going in. Um, mm -hmm. What I understand now is because it's, it's been embedded in people's minds for 22 years, the, the status of it has elevated in this way that uh, is unlike any other song because it underscores their imagination. It's not an artist out there trying to, you know, represent their song. It's not Michael Jackson singing Man in the Mirror. It's not mm -hmm. the Beatles singing Let It Be. It's nobody singing the score to billions of people's childhoods. So it takes on a life that no other song has ever taken on, other than maybe like Happy Birthday. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it wasn't about the writers promoting the song Happy Birthday. It just was used at everybody's birthday. And I think that the Pokemon theme song was played three times a day in every household for many, many years. But Happy Birthday wasn't. So it, it's even kind of usurped the Happy Birthday in terms of its utility in a way. And because it wasn't attached to me, it was just attached to the experience that people were having. And not just the experience of the TV show, but the experience of the cards, the experience of the games, the experience of the movies, the experience of, the, of, of everything that they experienced within Pokemon. It's still, in, it's the Ten Commandments underscoring their experience. That, it continues to amaze me uh, how, how different it is and iconic in a different way, in a totally different mm. paradigm. So, and I am just profoundly grateful that I was able to, you know, be a part of it. But it's really the fans that are a part of it with their imaginations, creating all these other entities and other companies mm -hmm. like Nintendo, but out of their imagination, creating all of these other games. And, and uh, you know, Pokemon Go is not from Pokemon, it's from subsidiary organizations. And when you go to a Comic-Con, every booth has 35 different Pokemon products that didn't come from Pokemon. It came from the people at that booth that wanted to produce those products. So <laughs> this is the imagination at work in, in the masses. And it's, it's a, it, 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 there isn't anything else like it in history. So I'm still realizing that yeah, this, mm. this, this interview is, is further confirmation of how unique it is uh, mm. in, in, in so many different ways. You know, I mean, you could ask the question, when did, when did you learn Imagine was uh, an yeah. iconic song with John Lennon? And he wouldn't be able to, he would be like, well, when it was the number one on radio for six weeks. And <laughs> they used it on this, you know, in this one TV show or something. You know, it would, it, it doesn't have the tentacles that this ecosystem has, all leading back up to this Ten Commandments document where all of the ethics and, philosophy is embedded in those words hmm. when did you realize it uh, I would probably say <laughs> when I my brother I have an older brother he had a Pokemon birthday and our birthdays are three days apart so we share our birthday parties so we had a 
Pokemon birthday, a little small party in our front yard with our family. And we sang the Pokemon theme song. And by the end of the party, literally every kid in the neighborhood had come to join the party. So there were like 50 children out in our front yard, all just like screaming this theme song. And people were like looking out of their doors, like what's happening? And I'm just like seven-year-old girl, just like wanting to be Ash Ketchum more than anything in life. So that was me. That's incredible. And not one of them knowing my name or my face or thinking anything about me, which is the brilliant part about it. It, it, it's music for the right reasons, which we're in, we're in, inundated in a culture that promotes this art for egoistic reasons or, you know, I mean, obviously there's advertising embedded in it, but, but, but there's no advertising in, in that experience other than you guys advertising, you're having a great time and everybody joins. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, wow. That's so cool. And then, You just said something so interesting because you were saying that it's the fans who are doing so much of this promotion. You know, they're making, you know, things for, you know, to sell at Comic-Cons. My my fiance and I, we're doing Pokemon wedding invitations. So like Mm. we're, we are totally invested in this. It's very much the fandom that's pushing this through. And especially after the massive success of Pokemon Go, that just blew up even further. I wanted to ask if there's like a specific fan encounter or a moment that you've had with fans that love Pokemon that really sticks out to you that you really kind of realized what a tight knit community this is because the three of us have realized it doing this podcast, our readers are, well, our listeners and our readers are just so cool. Um, wow. Uh, I think the first, the first time, well, I don't know about a tight knit community, but just the first time I performed the song was at Stan Lee's Comic-Con, which is now just called LA Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And I was at the after party and it was the, my first Comic-Con, this is 2016. So I hadn't really understood the fandom, but when I did the con, I noticed there were Pokemon products everywhere. It was my first con that I'd ever been to. And then the after party, when they announced me, the, the, it was like that, that moment that I was saying before where I was like Michael Jackson appearing on the stage and people were screaming at this incredible pitch and phones came out. There were so many phones out. So <laughs> it, it just united everybody. Um, I mean, I've seen videos of... of in Pokemon Go gatherings where thousands of people all of a sudden just break out into the song. And that's certainly indicates an incredible amount of community. Um, I went to a, a con called PokeCon and that it, it, at all these conventions, their co- the community exists there. I don't think it's necessarily specific to Pokemon, but it definitely is a large percentage of them. And I just mm-hmm. recognize that it is these communities of people that create the value and they create them, you know, uh, not because of Pokemon, but because of their own attraction to each other. Pokemon is just sort of the lubrication that, that brings them together. But then they, mm. they, they make cons, they make, they make wedding invitations, they make podcasts, they make YouTube channels, they, they make art, they make bands, they make so many things. So I think we all, we all seek community but we don't have the common 
elements to, to, to unite us. And Pokemon has provided that. And people have also sort of created the Pokemon elements to, to, to make that happen. I, I grew up in, in rock and roll days in the late 80s, early 90s. And we had the band scene. And like, we all, we made it, the scene was kind of happening, but we made a band so that we could be a part of that scene because we wanted to be a part of it. So it's kind of like what you're saying. We, we're making these wedding invitations because we like this, this brand and now we're, you know, the, this idea that, and now we're putting it into this community and this ecosystem. So it's just like, it's just a great sort of all around thing. And, and I, and I really, I attribute it all to the fans, but I also attribute it to the Pokemon company managing mm -hmm. it effectively and allowing everybody to do these things and realizing that there's more value in letting everybody do it than other tight-knit brands that don't let people do things, you know, mm -hmm. that want to protect their IP. And they, they do certain things, but uh, they mostly let people do things. Nice. Have you have you ever been able to to get a chance to meet uh, Veronica Taylor, the one uh, the woman who does the voice for for yes. Ash? What was that like? Yes, I have met her a couple times at uh, at Comic Cons, and you know, she was the she was the template. I was like, well, I didn't know what I was doing. She's been doing it for twenty years. <laughs> she understands what to do. I, I showed up at the Comic-Con, uh, I, I was just looking at pictures online. So I was like, oh my God, this thing is giant. I, I, I made five posters, I made three buttons, I had seven products, I brought a TV screen with a looper and I actually had a wheeled bike that, that had speakers set up and lights. And I had like five employees, five staff members and I had people walking around the cons with a sign that said, Jason Page is at Blue 3620. I spent <laughs> an unbelievable amount of money. I did concerts at my booth. And I got, I made no money. Oh. I just basically gave everything away. And I look over there and there's Veronica Taylor sitting there with nothing else but like some generic sign behind her and a stack of, of, of posters with a line that has hundreds of people in it. And I'm like, wait a second. I think I've gone overboard here. All I needed to do was sit there and sign autographs. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a giver, I'm a value creator. I wanna express sure. myself, I wanna perform, and I wanted to offer all these great things to everybody. But, you know, that's not what happens at the Comic-Con. The people sit in this road booth and, and, and they're become, they're inaccessible. Uh -huh. And that's how they create the value by by having a long line of people that can't get to them. I've mm -hmm. got a crowd of people that I'm giving stuff away to performing for in a booth instead of my my. So anyway, I've met I met her at, uh, at a couple of comic cons and you know started to understand how to create value for myself in the ecosystem and also create value for people and still be myself and be a giver. Right. So, you know, it's a very different thing that I do at the comic cons, but uh, she yeah. also did a project where she signed one of the rewards on a Kickstarter that I did with Tommy Tallarico, who does video games live, who's coming out with an Intellivision game system that is oh, going to be cool. incredible, nice. which is my favorite game system from back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> He's a comic uh, uh, superstar. He's a legend in the, in the space too. Nice. Uh, so, but before we let you go, I, I do want to ask because, like, you know, you talk about you know some of the stuff that you're doing for fans, and I'd be remiss to uh, not point out the things that you're doing on your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Where uh, can you can you tell us a bit, you know, about that and what you know sort of the the impetus there was and what the reaction's been like and where people can find it. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Certainly my YouTube channel is right now I'm doing singing on the streets. I'm just running around singing stuff on the streets. And I'm actually singing Viridian City. I think it's releasing tomorrow or the next day. Riding nice. on the bike on the bike to Central Park. Uh, but yeah. Oh, the, cool. the, the 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 channel is there for you know for me to create more value for the Pokemon community, just like your wedding invitations. Um, <laughs> I created a song for Pokemon Go because why not? There's a billion people playing it, and they need a song as good as the theme mm -hmm. song. That's a sister to the theme song. And um, I was contacted by Legendary Pictures to be a part of the Detective Pikachu movie in some form. And I presented a whole bunch of ideas, including a theme song that I wrote that's a sister song to the ma main theme song that they can be sung together. It's kind of a mashup lyrically and musically where the lyrics actually answer the question uh, of, of you know, who do Whoa. you want to be? I want to be the very best, like shooting star, like no one ever was, blazing your trail across the sky to catch them as my real test with love. And, uh, and friends, you will evolve. So I actually wove the songs together lyrically as this mashup for their movie. Anyway, Pokemon rejected all of my ideas and, and maybe they'll use something for the second movie, but I create value for the ecosystem, ecosystem by putting it out there anyway. Um, and, and a lot of that stuff is on my channel. Uh, another Pokemon, I did the Pokemon Japanese theme on my channel, Japanese version mm -hmm. on my channel. Uh, and some certain live events. Tommy Tallarico's video games live version is on the channel. We went to Dubai and filmed for their tourism division. Us walking around the streets of Dubai singing the song. So it appears in, in many ways. And now I just released, I, I just discovered the Pokemon card collecting community. Here All I am right. signing autographs mm -hmm. at cons and, you know, performing and, and, and you know, doing my best to, 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 entertain and to and to be a part of the community and and at some cons i started signing some cards and just recently i was on a podcast uh, on an interview with some kids and i said hey i have some cards for sale if you're interested and one of the girls said you should go to the pokemon card collectors pages and i went to these card collectors pages and they are they are a tight-knit community. They are really, because they're not only are they uh, Pokemon fans and collectors of, the, of this fandom, but they're collecting things that are of value, that have been increasing in value, that can be traded, bought, and sold, and graded, and, and, and preserved, and shared with their children. And they're like, you know, they're like, yeah, I want you to sign this card because I'm going to give it to my children, and I want their children's children to have it. It's a store of value. So they take it very seriously and these card groups take it very seriously. So I've been able to, to sell cards in the past three weeks. I've sold more cards, uh, autographed cards, people sending me their cards, uh, certain cards I have on my website to sign. And I'm even starting to doodle on cards and sign <laughs> them. So there's all of this value in the card community. And so now I'm starting to produce events on these selective uh, private Facebook pages, because they, some of them are between, you know, 500 to, to 30,000 people that are members of these pages. And it's just, you know, people that broker the, the transactions so that they're safe and they talk about the cards and they make create a safe space for people to interact because uh, uh, there's so much value. They need these groups uh, to, to, to function properly, but there's, they don't create, content other than people sharing the cards so i'm creating live streaming content for these 
these pages where I perform this music for them. I create actual uh, concerts, musical concerts. And then I uh, also have discounts for my cards that I offer in the store. And then I do private Zoom meetings for them as well, where I can ask, ask, answer questions like I am here. But it's a really, really robust ecosystem that I've just discovered. And they're sort of turning me on to another ecosystem, which is the the people who are tournament players, who are actually the game players. And that's a little bit more governed directly by Pokemon since they organize the uh, the tournaments. But still, the players are still a, a very large uh, community and how they increase each other's value. And also, they are part of the card collecting community because they have these cards that are very valuable as well. And they know how to play them. And so it's just... It, 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 the ecosystem keeps expanding, and you know now I'm going to be now I'm going to be looking at the at the, at the wedding invitations. Look, you can't. You, there is no one who can say who can say that they hustle more than Jason Page because this dude <laughs> is he he just gets it, and and we as Pokemon fans obviously absolutely um, you know love uh, the the gift that you that you've given us with you know with this song. It's a timeless. It's a timeless classic for sure like that is you know it's not hyperbole or whatever like if it was if it was hyperbole like we wouldn't be talking about the song 20 years later kind of thing yeah so absolutely jason we really do appreciate the time you you got oh, to, to to spend with us so uh, i imagine jasonpage.com is where they where they can find you anywhere else on twitter or that's, instagram that's or anything correct. like that that's correct uh, jason page at youtube jason page show on uh on facebook the facebook group and uh and uh you know jasonpage.com for everything else all the store awesome. is there. The products are there. The new things are there. I'm doing the Zoom thing. I'm doing the Zoom things, and you can join my private Zoom meetings and find customized cards with your name on it, specifically oh, to nice. you, or send Excellent. me your cards and your items as well, because you know people have all these wonderful nostalgic things that they want to get signed. Perfect. So, and now in awesome. the age, we're not we don't have the Comic Cons. We're That's we're it. virtual cons. Got to do it virtual. That's yeah. right. We're making Jason, it happen. Thank you. Thank you again, and we're going to toss it now to uh, Pokemon Fact of the Week. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you love that interview. Like you said, like we said, that dude has a ton of energy, and it was all in that interview. So, but we've got to close the show out, so we need to get to the Pokemon Fact of the Week. Christian, what do we got this week? So, there apparently is a specific Pokemon who is known for killing Marowak and making Cubone cry. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's Mandibuzz, and yeah. which you know it's a vulture Pokemon. So apparently, it preys on Marowak, kills it, makes the Cubone cry. Cubone evolves into Marowak, and then like gets like Batman style revenge on Mandibuzz. Uh, there was like an entire <laughs> like miniature storyline that played out like in the uh, the Sun and Moon Pokedex about like Kanto Marowak, and like basically like yeah no like Mandibuzz killed its mom. Like and then oh as yeah, Marowak, it got revenge. It's it's true. You can find it all. It's a little nice little like two part story. Okay, but here's the thing. Cubone. There are many Cubone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did they all lose their mothers? Yes. Or yes. did it just? Yes. They, all, every every last Cubone one ever has lost its mother. Yes. Yes. So yes. It is a Marvel Cubone. Should just be called the Marvel movie Pokemon. Yeah, basically. <laughs> because none of those characters have moms. 
Like, I don't understand how the population has continued because if I were a female coupon, <laughs> no why would you have kids? Like, well, no, no, it's, it's a female Marowak. Know. It's a female Marowak. So what Marowak, happens is the Cubones realize what's going on and just stay as Cubones. Yeah, and I that, don't understand. It's also, just, it's main, so... I was going to say, also the main of us thing always confused me because that's very much like a vulture Pokemon, but that would be more scavenger. And I'm like, well, why is it straight up killing them? <laughs> because they're wearing, they're, they're wearing bones on their heads, so they think it's already dead. Yeah, but I feel oh, like okay. once the Mandibuzz got up fair. close, it would be like, oh, wait, you're still alive. I'm not still alive. I'm having Mandibuzz it. is committed at that point. It's like, oh, you know. Well, that's horrifying. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, I was going for the easy meal, but now I must kill. Um, yeah, terrifying. no. That's, well, speaking of even more terrifying than that, is um, <laughs> this one was really the, the weirdest one. Um, Marowak apparently have Marowak graveyards. Like, Think elephant graveyards, only Marowak graveyards. So then we get into the question of, after Mandibuzz kills Marowak, do other Marowak take the freshly killed Marowak and, like, drag it to some location so that, you know, its body can rot away and its child can pick up its skull and wear it? It's, this is really messed up. These entries are dark as hell. Oh, yeah. I, like, yeah, like, I saw it's like... It's like Jesus. Like the fact you know, that is, there is... are Marowak killing fields <laughs> is horrifying. Horrifying. It, it, the what whole thing is going it's like, on with this world. It's like my God. Like it's like is the Pokedex okay? No. Like do we need to call somebody? <laughs> There's someone no one should, to call. Someone should like make sure that they're okay. Like whatever, whatever. Like Professor Oak assistant wrote this stuff. Clearly has something going on. Like, <laughs> like, yikes. Like, it's just, like, every last one of them, starting from, the only one, the only ones that aren't terrible are the, like, red and blue, where it's like, Cubone wears the skull of its dead mom. It's like, and then it goes to Marowak. It's like, Marowak knows how to use Bone Club. It's like, yeah, because it has a Bone Club moron. <laughs> and then like it's like okay, sorry, that's not really a Pokémon fact. Uh yeah, Marowak have Marowak graveyards. How about that for a Pokémon okay, fact? But here's the thing, it's so crazy that like so I'm just reading the um sun and like the sun and moon uh entries and basically like Marowak is the <laughs> Like just Pokemon Ghost Rider, just burning everyone with Hellflame. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like it's like it deals physical and spiritual damage, which never goes away. It's like whoa. You're just like it, when it beats its opponents with its bone, the cursed flames spread to them. No amount of water will stop those flames from burning. I mean, he's this, a Ghost Rider. Someone make this guy a motorcycle. It's, this oh, reminds me, God. like, yeah, Alolan Marowak, like, I've been, I've been, like, you know, reading, like, um, some Warhammer stuff recently, and it's, like, you know, all about, you know, in the grim darkness of the future, there is only war and Marowak. Oh, it's, like, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's, like, the same, like, over-the-top, like, super grim dark. It's, like, Marowak will burn your heart out and smile. It's, like, jeez! Like why? Why are these Pokemon allowed to like exist? It's like well, the answer is because no one wants to get close to them because they'll be burned by Hellfire for all eternity. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hearing all of this, it just makes me feel like Detective Pikachu really missed out on fully embracing its opening scene with that Cubone. 
<laughs> I feel like a Marowak should have come out. It's just weird because, like, especially in Detective Pikachu, they make Cubone, like, look pretty adorable. Like, I mean, he and, also beats the crap out of Tim. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. He but gets so, angry. But, like, but it's, but like, super cute. now I feel cute. robbed of my Marowak. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, I feel robbed Marowak of, like, Punisher Marowak. would have literally killed Tim. Like, that, that would have been the sequel. shortest. Yeah, that would have been the shortest movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be the sequel is, you know, like Tim and Detective Pikachu need to solve a series of like brutal like clubbing to deaths. <laughs> so just Marowak. Yeah, the Cubone he once taunted has come back. <laughs> like it's killing everyone close to him, starting yes. with the Psyduck. Oh, and there you All have right. it. Sequel ideas free from us. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta wrap, the, we gotta wrap this one up. Um, but, uh, oh no, I was going to read a review and now, like, I usually just pull it up on, um, my desktop, but of course, oh no, here we go. Now I can do it. If you leave us a review and you're actually watching, uh, the video right now, uh, these are one of the kinds of shirts that you can get, uh, if you leave us a five-star review and we read it on the air, wow, uh, which we're going, nice shirt. which we're going to do right now. Uh, Ooh. all right. So let's see, we left off there. Okay. So here's one is. Uh, thanks for making the, oh, sorry, this is from uh, Burgestic. Thanks for making driving enjoyable. Uh, I listen to these episodes during my weekly commute and the, it makes driving so much fun. The hosts are so funny when they play off each other. My, the constant hate on Jim for his Geodude love is awesome. Uh, my favorite Pokemon <laughs> is Dragonair, but my wife loves Bulbasaur. Keep up the great content, guys, and look forward to more episodes. Thank you, sir. That's we'll right. Uh, Jim is quality content. <laughs> we'll continue our hard work. The next next one is just from Doing What It Do. It's a thank you. New subscriber, just found this podcast, and I love it. Thank you for doing this show, JP. No problem, JP. Welcome. Another one uh, from KTix. I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. Uh, excellent catch. Uh, though their Pokemon Go information is sometimes um, skewed, uh, a wild podcast has appeared is exactly what I hoped for. Pokemon news on uh, anime, games, and toys discussed by fans. These three have a great flow and give it uh, give it a listen and subscribe. Uh, that's a fair assessment. Very fair. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it can be hard to remember all the stuff that there's, goes on. There's there. a lot of stuff that goes on in, in, in Pokemon Go. And like I said, like, you know, we don't, we play it a lot. We don't play it every day. Uh, but anyway. Uh, this one is from Cubone and now Natu Trainer Lannister fan. A uh, whole bunch of thumbs up. Pokemon are weird little monsters, but I can't stop myself from loving them, especially Cubone, Cubchoo, uh, Kamala, and Pangoro. My favorite starters would have to be Totodile and Mudkip. Favorite legendary Pokemon is Terrakion. And to think that uh, this thing brought down a castle is mind blowing. I love the ghost types uh, the most, despite the fact that their dex entries are getting creepier and creepier, as well as repetitive. We get it. They'll take the souls of people or seek revenge. Still, the dark side of me is intrigued. The only thing I hold against the Pokemon world is uh, the fact that some of the Pokemon's entries say that they have, uh, they have an effect on everything around it, which would include the trainer. I wish the anime would be a bit more accurate when showing these Pokemon, like Litwick or Pumpkaboo or Gorgeist. Jesse should be feeling the adverse effects of her Pumpkaboo. That's yes. fair. Yeah, that is fair. And I hope you really enjoyed this dark episode about Cuba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we got to get out of here. I hope we hope you enjoyed the interview. We hope you enjoyed the Pokemon fact of the week and our hopefully accurate Pokemon Go information. Um, <laughs> and so we will catch you at the same time, same place next week, folks. Talk to you later. <laughs>